Hello and welcome to another episode of 8 Frugal Minutes, where our motto is save that cash. Hey, thanks for joining us. On this episode, we're going to be talking about frugal habits of the past. You know, how do people used to save money? Well, some of those great ideas you can even use today, and we'll tell you how. All right, let's get started. Recently, I've been doing some research. You know, what I wanted to find out was just how people, before my time, saved money. It seemed to me it was a simpler life, and you know what? It seemed to me they had a lot of great stuff, even if they didn't have a lot of money, which, of course, meant that they had to have some frugal habits. And on this episode, I just wanted to talk about some things I found that I thought were fascinating, ideas that even today you can use and save cash. Perhaps we value money more now than ever, but even with that, if you have healthy frugal habits, there's no doubt you definitely are saving cash here and there add these yesteryear frugal habits or maybe even years past frugal habits and you might be really surprised that things weren't as different then as they are now. One of the biggest things I saw which I think is something that we still should do today is people had gardens. Gardens really made up what food supply that the rations didn't cover or particular needs were needed for certain people who had certain special special diets It also offered an opportunity to have fresh fruits and vegetables every year, which I think is something that we all crave in some capacity. Now, whether you have a lot of outdoor space or a little, it seemed in the past they made it work. And even in today's world, if you live in a patio and you have just a very, or live in a studio with a very small patio, it's possible. You can use them as your porch, your window ledge. And I even know someone who has plants in their foyer. They have a little garden there. But they used to be called Victory Gardens, and we're probably pretty familiar with that if you've ever researched World War One or World War Two, and it made up for food rations. But in today's world, you could also have gardens, and it would make up for some of the foods that we might eat and cut grocery bills. You know, one of the things about the gardens that was 100 years ago, 50 years ago, was the fact that it was used for the harvest season. And then they canned it or preserved these fruits and vegetables. So that way they had it for, you know, months later. So really, when you start small by planting the vegetables or fruits that you like, you might be really surprised how much money you'll save. This is a very frugal technique before, and it's a very frugal technique now. Another thing that is right along hand in hand with having a garden is it, it appears, and I can say this even from personal history among the family that most people cooked from scratch. I mean, a home-cooked meal, everyone had their signature dish that they could do spectacularly. And even in today's world, if you cook home-cooked meals, it's more likely you're going to save more money than ever. That's because when it comes to going out, the food is very expensive, they're very small portions, and of course, it's not always, you know, hyped up to be. I know in my family, There's a lot of great women who have some amazing casserole dishes. And that was the thing that we we looked forward to. In other people's families, it could be casserole. It could be any number of, you know, barbecuing. It could be other types of dishes. It could be salads. Everybody has their forte of one or two things that they absolutely adore. So keep that in mind. And and also keep in mind about cooking from scratch. It's something they did before. It saves a lot of money. And it is something that we do today, also saves cash. And 
frankly, if you think about the basics of things, let's just say guacamole. You pay four or five bucks for eight ounces of guacamole. But if you've got the avocados and you got the seasoning mix or have your own seasoning mix along with, you know, a splash of lemon and other things that go into it using a typical recipe, it might cost you a buck or two. And that really is the difference, which of course you might spend a little time and it might taste a whole lot better, but you wouldn't typically have that prepackaged meal 50 years ago, that prepackaged dip. And my favorite dip when it comes to guacamole is simply guacamole and, and salsa, which combined taste amazing. On to other things in the house that you definitely should be considering is do-it-yourself cleaners, you know, putting together soap and water instead of buying particular products for particular items in the house. Um, one that always comes to mind is the oven cleaner. I know so many people who buy a huge bottle of oven clean to clean their oven. Well, if you keep a close eye on it and use soap and water, basically you'll avoid things being baked onto the side and you'll still have a nice oven with a more DIY approach to cleaning products. There's a number of examples like that. They've, there's so much money because they focus on one particular item, whether that's the oven, it could be the vacuum cleaner, cleaning the vacuum cleaner, it could be counters, it could be leather, it could be any number of things. So the idea here is, you know, find a DIY approach to all those cleaners and then just use one. And it's totally possible. It really, really is. You've got the staples that you might find in your pantry or underneath your sink, like vinegar, baking soda, maybe even some particular types of soap and lemon. Those things help clean. They avoid waste if you don't buy them in special packaging and they're good for you and the environment. Um, I particularly like the DIY type homemade cleaners when it comes to glass, glassware and, um, out the windows because it streaks so easily. So it's all in a festive moment of what you might like. The other thing that I always want to point out is for whatever reason, it seems like my, my great grandparents, my grandparents did a much better job of using leftovers. I find myself sometimes struggling with that, but they, they did not. And they would always use the leftovers for food into other food. They would kind of like envelope it in. You sometimes taste it. You sometimes didn't. But they definitely had the idea that you never waste. And they also had the big, huge compost pile out back. It's a little ways from the house because it smelled, but it was definitely out back. And again, you know, you've got the, the vegetable peels, that kind of thing. They tossed that back there. But they never left behind a vegetable. Never left behind anything that they thought they could save for scraps. And even the little doggy would have it if it wasn't used for all the way around. And that's something I actually cherish because I think it's important to use as much as possible. The other thing that I remember, and I've also been researching and see a lot of this, is the reuse it stance of life. In particular, my personal example is reusing bottles. Um, grandparents always had dozens and dozens of bottles around the kitchen and in the foyer and in the back door and then, of course, in the in the garage, and they would buy whatever it was, pickles, mayonnaise, um, vinegar, anything that was in a bottle, that bottle would be washed out and used for a purpose. It could be purposes for just nails or change or whatever it was, but there was a purpose to it. 
So sometimes when I toss bottles, I feel really bad because I know that used bottles are not junk. They can be reused and they can be recycled. And you can put them in the recycle bin or you can actually understand the use of reusing it yourself. So if you buy a jar of something, then you have to get done with the jar, know where you're going to put it. Using that leftover process, instead of just putting it in the right container, the blue bucket, the green bucket, the whatever, really does help you better understand how to recycle on a very personal letter. Another personable way and level to consider is, you know, plastic bags. When you get plastic bags, if you forget the cloth ones like I do, I always make a purpose of what are we going to use the bag for. So that way it's just not shoved in the drawer and not used again. So it's it's something to consider. Saving jars to me is one of the best examples because it has a great lid. It already has a big function to it and you're buying it with that function. And once you're done with it, then you can transplant it into something else. And on the thought of transplanting, don't forget you can put little plants in there and then re you can grow them up to a certain point and then replant them in the backyard. It's something that uh, people did before and they do now. My final tip that I think is extraordinarily fascinating is cash only. And I remember my grandparents talking about this as well. It's almost impossible to go completely cashless these days. There's always a few bucks you need here, a few bucks there. But there are a lot of places that only want you to work with a card. 50, 100 years ago, they didn't work with that kind of credit. They didn't have credit cards in this capacity. You know, one of the people had the ways people survived was to budget, meaning they only had what they had. They couldn't spend more than that. The revolving credit card was in the late 1950s. So you're looking at an idea here that it's new to us to have credit and the line of credit. And it was not even until the 1970s, mid-1970s, before there was like a Visa or MasterCard. So my point here is, is if you had to change your style to be working 50 to 100 years ago, could you work without your credit cards? They made it work. People who lived that in that time period did. Can we today? Many, many people can. And when you try a cash-only spending week, a month, or a year, you'll notice where your priorities are, and it will make you really stop and think about, wow, how much money do I have or how much money I don't? These are just a few of the number of things that I've found that are truly fascinating about how people used to save money and be frugal versus what we do today. The one thing that's a thread all the way through it is what they did before we can do now. And we can save money just like they did before. The question is, is do you want to do it? And does it fit your lifestyle? And only you can answer that. Well, that is all the time we have today. I do say that it was interesting to research the ways of frugal habits of the past. And I hope there are a few ways here that might help you. You've been listening to 8 Frugal Minutes, where our motto is save that cash. Hey, thanks for joining us. Until we meet again, have a great day. Bye now. Thank you.